Happy Sunday, everybody. It's good to, to be with you. Um, we got a great service planned for you today. Matt Zola is preaching. Can't wait to hear Matt. And we've got some guest worship leaders that uh, we haven't seen in a while, but uh, looking forward to having them lead us in worship. Man, they're part of our family and we love them. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're going to know it right away. But uh, before we get into worship today, I, I want to announce to you our date uh, for reopening services for corporate worship. Now, um, when I announce this date, I want you to realize we have prayed, we have thought, we have sought counsel. Um, man, we, we, we feel like we're going to be ready. Now, the date that I'm going to release to you is 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 tentative, right? I mean, we're, we're going to go with it, but um, the governor may come out and he may say this has to happen and we may not be ready for that to happen. So we'll 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 delay it. Or the CDC may come out and say, well, you need to have this. We are releasing this date because we have, with all the current information we currently have, we're good to go. But if it changes, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. But, but here it is, May, May 24th. T two weeks from today, we are going to gather once again for corporate worship. Now, if you're not ready to come back, man, we, we totally get that. We totally support that, right? If you're in an at-risk category, we, we want you to strongly consider staying home. If you're feeling sick, man, don't come, right? If you're feeling anxious or a little nervous, don't feel like you got to be here. We are moving to, uh, instead of a recorded service, to an, an actual live online, uh, you know, a, a, a digital campus. We're going to have a campus pastor that will be watching with you. You can interact. You can type to them. They'll type back. Um, it, it's just going to be just like you were here. And, and so I just really want you to, to just be praying about it. And if you don't have a piece, then I want you to, I want you to stay home. But, but, but tomorrow, tomorrow we are going to release our phase one plan, right? So, I mean, it's a three-page, I think it's a three-page plan. And so we're going to mail that a copy. We're going to mail a copy to everybody on a, in our membership role. We're going to put it on Facebook. We're going to email it to you. We'll text you a link. It'll be on our website. We want you to see our phase one plan for reopening. Now, I, I want to tell you right now, I want you to read it. I want you to think about it, pray about it. There are going to be some things in that plan that are going to be different. We just have to. If we're going to meet in person, it, some things are going to be different. Um, how we reconfigure the auditorium. Um, man, we, we can't put as many people, nearly as many people. So we've got to practice good social distancing. So there's going to be some different things about that. Um, it's going to be a little cumbersome. You may read something in that plan and go, no. Well, flow with this. Flow with this. I, I, I mean, it's not just about my comfort or your comfort. It's about the, the safety and comfort of all those around us, right? And so, uh, man, I, I, I forget about my own interests and I consider the needs of others, right? And, and so May 24th will be here before you know it. We got two weeks. Um, if you have any questions or comments, obviously we want to hear about that. But uh, again, just be praying with us and for us. We, we, we can't wait to be back together, but we're not going to do this foolishly. We're, we're going to be ready for it. So May 24th is the date. 
Be looking out tomorrow for this plan. You're going to probably see it three or four different places. You're probably going to get it three or four different times. But we want to put it into your hands so that you'll know what to expect as we get to reopen. And again, we're reopening in phases, phases, right? So we're not going to be able to do everything all at once. And who knows when we'll be able to do everything we used to do. But the main priority is corporate worship. So, man, I can't wait to worship with you today. It's going to be a fantastic day. Happy Mother's Day. Mama, happy Mother's Day to you. And uh, I hope all the moms feel uh, extra love today. So let's, uh, let's get ready to worship. Hey, Fern Creek family, good to see you all. Hey, why don't you join us in worship this morning?
Hey church, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today for worship. We're so glad you're here. Hey, we as we approach our time for offering today, I just wanted to stop and take a second and just say thanks. Thanks for the generosity that you have shown uh, throughout this season uh, and just for who you are, how you've been the church. Uh, through your generosity, we have been able to do so many things to, to bless our community and our congregation um, and even give you tools uh, to bless your community. So as we just head towards offering, I just wanted to stop and just say thank you. Now I know why all the trees change in the fall. I know you were on my side, even when I was wrong. And I love you for giving me your eyes, for staying back and watching me shining. I didn't know if you knew, so I'm taking this chance to say that I had the best Good morning, y'all, and welcome to all those joining us online this morning, and welcome to all those worshiping with us for the first time. We are so glad that you're here, and you may be noticing something at this moment. That is right, I am not the infamous Craig Grammer, and uh, for all you Craig Grammer fans that watch our online services in Ohio, Fern Creek family, you may not know, but there are uh, about 100 people in Ohio that love Craig and watch our online service so that they can hear Craig preach again. It's amazing. And so for all you Craig fans, I, I wanted you to get a little taste of Craig on this Sunday morning. And so I have a little something for you. I'm going to do as, as as best as I can. I, I can't be the Craig Grammar, but I I can get pretty close. See, I'm already just a little bit closer. Let me put on my glasses. All right. Craig Grammar, everybody. Hey church, we're, we're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, let me start off by, by, by sharing a little story with you. There was a man named Billy Ray, and now Billy Ray, uh, he, he had a hard time hearing, so this guy stuck a finger in his ear, and see, this just isn't going to work, is it? I, I can only be Matt Zola. My Craig impression needs work, but hey, I got pretty close this morning. Anyways, all jokes aside, today is a super special day. Today is Mother's Day, and so here at Front Creek Christian Church, we just want to say happy Mother's Day to you and your family. If you're a mother, wherever you are, in your living room, or uh, I don't know where you could be watching this, I I'm just going to clap for you, and I hope your family claps for you as well in this moment. You deserve this day of recognition, and unfortunately for some, this day of remembrance. Mothers have a tough job. I was watching Golden Girls the other day and, <clears throat> okay, uh, someone was telling me about Golden Girls the other day. Let me, that, that's the correct statement right there. And they told me that, that there was this character on there named Dorothy. Apparently there's a character named Dorothy. I don't know. Uh, but she had this to say about being a mother. Check your screens. It's not easy being a mother if it were, fathers would do it. And isn't that the truth? That is, that is true. Mothers are extremely important figures in the lives of all those around them, literally and figuratively. Without mothers, 
There's no babies. There's no future of humanity without mothers. Uh, but also, a mother's love is, is unlike anything else in this world. Mother, a mother's love is an, an I'd-do-anything-for-you kind of love. Mothers do whatever it takes to seek out the well-being of their children, all while dealing with the extra child in their house. You know what I'm talking about. The extra child in their house that they never asked for. We like to call it the husband. Yes, that is the extra child. They, they have to deal with so much, and yet, mothers, we are so grateful for you. When I think of what it means to love like Jesus loves, an unselfish and unconditional kind of love, I think of the way my mom loves me. And so mothers, we, we are so grateful for you. And I thought the best way to spend this Sunday would be to look at an extremely influential yet often overlooked mother in the Bible. That's right. Her name is Jacobed. That is the coolest name. You have my full permission right now in your living rooms to just say that name because I know you're dying to. Jacobed. Now, if, if I'm in elementary school and I, I'm at recess and I'm picking kids for a kickball game, right? And I'm going through the line. I'm kind of going through the names. I'm like, Timmy, maybe. Uh, uh, Bobby, yeah. Jacobed. I'm picking that kid first because that is a cool name. All right. But Jacobed in the Bible, uh, she, she's also pretty cool. And I, I would pick her first in kickball too. Uh, she was the mother of three children. Her oldest, Miriam, a daughter, her middle child, Aaron, and her youngest child, whom you may have heard of, Moses. That's right. Jacobed was the mother of Moses. Now, Moses was born in Egypt during a time when all male babies were ordered to be murdered by the Pharaoh. That's kind of crazy to even think about. But the Pharaoh wanted the end of the Israelites. He, he wanted to end that race and so that Egyptians would live with, without threat um, and that they would be the, the top nation. Uh, and so that's why he ordered all these male babies to be murdered. Um, but Moses ended up surviving, and we'll get into that story. Moses ended up surviving, and, and God spoke to Moses through a voice in a burning bush, and then God used Moses to uh, free the Israelites, God's people, out of slavery from Egypt. God used Moses to split the Red Sea, literally leading the Israelites in between uh, two parts of the Red Sea with, with Pharaoh's army chasing after him, and Moses was successful through, through God's provision and, and protection. And what a cool story that is. And whenever I hear a cool story like that, you know what my first thought is? There must be an awesome mother involved somehow in this story. And let me, let me tell you, there was an awesome mother. Jacobed is, is a caring, faithful mother. So let's look at her story. It's very short in Exodus chapter Let's look at the story of Jacobed. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, that's Jacobed, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Folks, can you imagine trying to hide a baby for three months? I have so many questions right off the bat. 
How often did Jacobed see her baby? How did she feed her baby? How did she keep this baby from crying whenever guards were searching her home? Uh, how, how do you hide a baby? Where do you hide a baby? I have so many questions right off the bat. But there's two things in these verses that we already see. Two things. First, we see a mother doing whatever it takes to care and protect her child. Isn't that just the nature of a mother? It's so great that mothers love their children so much that they will do whatever it takes to protect and keep that child safe. And the second thing we already see in this story is the provision and the protection of God over Jacobed and this baby boy Moses. I mean, come on. You can't hide a baby without some sort of divine help. For three months? No. God was there. God was working there. Okay, I think we can all agree on that. Let's keep reading her story as we read verses 3 and 4. It says this, But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Mothers watching this, I mean, can you imagine having to put your baby boy or your baby child in a basket and just watch him float away down a river hoping someone would find him and take good care of him and keep him safe? Can you imagine what that would be like? That's such an interesting moment to picture, this baby in a basket, in a homemade basket, and a mother putting him in the river and watching him float away. This could not have been an easy thing for Jacobed to do. Can you imagine the pain that she went through deciding to do this? It wasn't that she didn't love Moses and that she wanted to get rid of him, but she knew that if uh, what was best for Moses was not to live with her in her home, but to escape the, this Egyptian captivity. She wanted what was best for her child. And you know, sometimes I wonder what her prayers sounded like. She must have asked God for another way. And the way I like to think of it, I imagine her prayers sounded a lot like Jesus's prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? When Jesus asked God, if it's your will, is there another way? I'm sure Jacobet asked the same thing. God, is there another way? I don't want to have to give away my baby. Mothers watching this, you may be devastated even thinking about giving a child away, giving your child away. But let's read uh, later in the Bible, in the New Testament now, we're, we're going much Later in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jacobet and her husband are mentioned again. This is Hebrews 11, in the middle of a long exhibition of how people displayed faith. Um, Jacobet and her husband are mentioned. Let's look in Hebrews 11. This is chapter 11, verse 23. Look at the first two words. By faith. I'm going to say that again. By faith. Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. 
And so there you have it. They were not afraid. Jacobet did not fear because she trusted God. She trusted that God had something better out there planned for Moses. I mean, as she's watching her baby float down the river, what do you think was the only sense of security she had? We have our answer right there. By faith. Jacobed displayed great faith in the midst of a, of a challenging, unthinkable time. And so I just paused because I realize that there may be people watching this service who have given up a child for adoption. It's a hard thing. Maybe some of you have experienced the loss of a child whether it be through uh, divorce and extreme disagreement or, unfortunately, even death. Some of you parents and mothers watching this, maybe you've really struggled to watch your child uh, grow up in your home. You've raised this, this precious child only to watch them and let them go as, as they move into a college dorm for the first time. Some parents really struggle watching their child marry and commit their life to another person, adding someone else into the family dynamic. And let's not go without mentioning those men and women out there who so desperately want to be mothers and to be fathers, but they can't because of some sort of medical condition or anomaly. These are painful Things. These are hard and difficult things. And the truth is that life presents many unanswerable questions. For example, why did Jacobet, a caring, faithful mother, have to give up her baby boy? Why? Jacobet raised that child, nursed that child, stayed up with that child, helped keep him safe for three months only to watch him float down the river and give him up because of her faith and because she trusted that God had something better. Why would she even have to do that in the first place? There are times we have to give up something precious to us. We've all been there. Here's an example, like not meeting in a church building for a while to preserve the health and safety of those around us. There are things we have to give up, things precious to us. And it's likely that all of us know that pain of giving something up, whether it was a relationship, whether it was a job, whether it was a dream. We've all been there and we've all experienced loss. But is that it? That This is my question today. Is that it? I just have to let go of something and be fine with it? Was that it for Jacobet? She just had to let go and, and deal with it? What is the point of it all? Well, I wish my next sentence in my notes was a, was a one-sentence answer to that question, but that's, that's just not how it works, is it? There's no easy solution to the problem of loss and giving something up, but I think Jacobed 
this mother of Moses, is the perfect example of how we must trust God in the midst of challenging times, like the time we're living in right now in this coronavirus age. We're giving up so many things. Our economy is is starting to, to suffer a little bit. There are sacrifices we have to make. And Jacobed, She's the perfect example of how we must have faith in something greater, in something better out there for us. You know, sometimes we like to use our imagination in planning out our lives. We, we, we dream of everything going according to our plan. I want to be this tall. I want to work in this uh, sort of job field. I want to date this kind of person. We have things already planned in our lives, and when things don't go our way, we, are, we feel nothing but discouragement and disappointment because we thought our way was the best way. And we know the infamous saying that pride comes before the fall. When we think our way is the best way, a fall is coming, right? We're always going to feel disappointed when life doesn't work out the way we wanted it to work out. But Jacobed, she didn't have that mentality. She she didn't have the pride of thinking that her way was the best way. She trusted that God's way was the best way. The, the scripture reads that she saw that Moses was no ordinary child. She knew God had something better out there for not only for her, but for her baby. And the only sense of security she had, like we said earlier, was her faith in God. And that's a scary place to be when all we can do is trust God. That's that's the only thing we can do is trust God. But Proverbs 3 has some advice for us and some wise counsel for us. Look at Proverbs 3. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not some of your heart, all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. He will make your paths straight. I'm going to tell a story now. I have this this friend in Lexington. So I, I just recently moved to Louisville, and I have this friend in Lexington who I, I used to lead worship with, and uh, she's an amazing friend. And we uh, used to meet together as part of this Bible study on Tuesday nights. And uh, let me describe to you what my friend is like. She's relatively stoic and unemotional. Uh, she's, she's pretty introverted. And so when she leads worship, she's not the one flailing her arms and dancing across stage. She's, she's the one kind of just, this is how she leads worship. It's, it's just relatively unemotional, but deep and very connected to, to God and to her faith. Um, and so we were uh, worshiping together as part of this Bible study, and I look over, and, and I see this friend starting to tear up and starting to cry. And that took me aback, because this friend is unemotional and, and stoic. And so we were leaving that Bible study that night, and of course I felt the Spirit fall on me, and I'm like, really? Okay, God, you're asking me to, to ask this friend why she was crying. That's such an awkward question. Hey, why were you crying? You know, it's, it's something you kind of just want to move past. <laughs> but of course, when the spirit falls, you, you got to follow it, right? And so I, I tap this friend on, on the shoulder as we're walking out the door, and I say, hey, 
I noticed that that one song and that that one moment really touched you. Would would you mind sharing with me what God was doing uh, in you in that song? And she goes, "Wow, well, it's a long story, but but let me tell you." And so, here here's her story. She she so desperately wanted wanted to be a mother. Her her husband uh, was all about it too, and so they tried to to have a child, and it took a long time. But finally, she became pregnant, and this was good news, and they were so excited, and it became the day. It was the day she was supposed to deliver, and so they go to the hospital, and they're in the delivering room, and the doctor comes up to them and says, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, it's, it's either your life or the baby's life. We, we can't deliver this baby without doing some sort of harm. And that was so, so hard on her. This was her dream. It was her dream to be a mother. And because of this situation, she, she started to, to lose her faith in God. She started to turn away from God. And it was a, a, just a traumatic season for her. And she, she asked God, why? Why, why did this have to happen? And there, there's no good answer for that. And you know, who, who can blame her for being so traumatized by this event? Well, almost a year later, around the same time of the year, uh, she became pregnant again. She said, okay, th- this is my time. This, this is my time. And so she went back, and uh, in a different way, she had another miscarriage this time. She had now lost two babies, and she was in the deepest, darkest depression. But it was in that deepest, darkest moment that she realized she needed to have faith in something better. She needed to have faith in something else. She knew she needed a savior. She knew she needed a way out of this darkness in her life. And there was. She, she started to turn to God and to pray, to ask for forgiveness, uh, to, to just pray for, for God's presence in her life. And he showed up in a big way. She now has two beautiful twin babies. She leads worship. She has this amazing testimony. She has such a strong relationship with God because of what happened. Now, that doesn't mean she, she is grateful that she lost two babies. No, of course not. And she doesn't need to know exactly why she had to lose those babies. The only good answer to that is that, well, we're sinners and we live in a fallen world and bad things happen, even to good people. But she she found this faith in God because of what happened. It made her turn to God. See, God used what the enemy meant for evil and he turned it for good. God turned a crooked situation into a straight path to himself because my friend acknowledged him in all her ways and she saw how much she needed a savior. And so now we have to stop and ask ourselves this question. Is there something in our lives that we're not submitting to the Lord? Do I fully trust God in my life? Am I acknowledging God's plan and purpose for me? 
Am I trying to control something in my life that I just need to hand over to God? Well, perhaps you've experienced frustration trying to climb a mountain that you were never meant to climb, to hold on to something that you were never meant to hold on to. Maybe you're having a hard time letting go of something in your life, whether it's an addiction, a habit, a dream, a relationship, a past mistake. I don't know what it is in your life. But maybe it's time to move on. Maybe it's time to let go now. Let me tell you a funny story. I told you my my sad and weighty story. Now here's a funny story for you. So I went to high school here in Louisville, and we were we were all nerds. There were 15 people in my senior class, right? So we were all super close, and we all went to prom together as friends, and it was it was awesome. And we had this after prom party at my friend Jacob's house, and, and Jacob. He was the friend who was like this wild daredevil, but always had fun ideas, and you knew you were going to have a good time when you were with Jacob. We all have that friend, right? And so we're sitting around this bonfire uh, at his house after prom, and he's like, hey, you know that uh, game that everybody knows about, but we've never actually played? We're like, what, Jacob? And he's like, hot potato. We're like, hot potato? He's like, let's play hot potato. And so he goes in his house and he gets a potato and he puts it, we put it on a stick and we put it over a bonfire and it, this thing's on fire. This thing's hot now, okay? And the girls are like, oh my gosh, this is stupid. Why would we play a hot potato? Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And so the guys are like, okay, fine. And the guys are like, yeah, yeah, like, ooh, ooh, I'm going to hold on to this potato. Because even though we didn't like these girls, we didn't like like these girls in that sort of way, when they're girls around, Guys try to impress them. That's the nature of being a guy, okay? So, of course, senior year me in high school, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to hold on to this freaking potato until, uh, no, I'm not going to like go this potato and everyone's going to think I'm awesome. And so here we are, we're passing around the potato and it gets to me and I'm holding on to that thing for dear life. But let me tell you, it is burning my hands. I'm like in tears, Okay. Nothing but embarrassing myself by holding on to this thing more and more. But finally, I, I just couldn't do it, man. It was too hot. And so I had to let it go and pass it on, okay? Now, that's a pretty stupid story. And you're probably like, why is he telling this story about a hot potato? Well, because I think there are hot potatoes in our life, right? Things that we're trying to hold on to. Our plan, our dream, our vision for ourselves, we're trying so hard to hold on to it because of pride. Maybe you're not trying to impress girls around you, but we're holding on to it so hard, but it, it, it burns us. We're not meant to hold on to a hot potato. That's a crazy idea. Whoever came up with that, you're You're crazy. But there are things in our lives that, that we don't surrender over to God. There are things we hold on to and try to control ourselves that we were never meant to control. But let me encourage you this morning. Here, here's kind of our bottom line this morning. When we let go of something and surrender it over to God, we are not left empty-handed. We are not left empty-handed. We are left with the assurance of God's 
promises. Check out 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul says this, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So no, we are not left empty-handed when we trust God. We are left with his spirit alive in us. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Yeah, that's a strong spirit is inside of us. We are not empty. We are full of his spirit when we surrender over to God. We are left in the care and the protection of the almighty undefeated God. That's a team I want to play for, an undefeated team. And if you take home one thing, don't let it be the stupid hot potato story. I'm so sorry for telling that. Let it be this. Look at your screens. Giving up something to pursue God is not a sign of weakness. It's the key to becoming shielded by his strength. When you let go of something, you are surrendering to the fact that God has something better out there for you. Amen. I've been reading this book by, it's a daily devotional book by Oswald Chambers. It's called My Utmost for His Highest. Does that sound familiar? The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. My utmost for his highest. And the day after I wrote this sermon, I came across this morning devotional about trusting God fully. And that God's timing, that's just how he works, right? And Oswald Chambers says this about trusting God. He says, this is the firm and immovable secret of the Lord to those who trust him. I will give your life to you. But there is something greater that can never go, the life that is hidden with Christ in God. So when you trust God, God gives the freedom to live. He gives your life hidden with Christ to you. We are missing out on the fullness of God's grace. We are missing out on the fullness of the life God has for us when we refuse to trust him and to let go of things and surrender them to him. Hebrews 11 at the very end, uh, it's the final verse in Hebrews 11, says this, talking about all those uh, characters in the Bible who displayed great faith. It says this, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. You may not even think about this, but people like Jacobed, faithful people like Abraham, they never got to see Jesus they didn't live in the time of Jesus. They were before Jesus, but their faith paved the way for Jesus's arrival in this world to become our Savior. So be encouraged. You may not always get what you want the way you want it. You may not see what God's promises are going to do in your life. You may not feel it. And life can seem so unfair at times, but God's promise is this, that he's got something better planned for you than you can even plan or imagine for yourself. God wants to show you his great power and his 
purpose for you, just like he did through Jacobed. Through Jacobed, the mother of Moses, who delivered the Israelites out of slavery. God used Moses like that. And it wouldn't happen without the faith of a mother like Jacobed. To be honest with you, this may take you aback, but I wouldn't be here at Fern Creek Christian Church if things went according to my plan. You see, my plan was to stay in Lexington. I was comfortable there. I had friends there. I was involved in the community. I was involved in local schools. I had great relationships with students and my church's student ministry. I had amazing friends. I had a church home that I loved, and I wanted nothing more but to work at that church. But lo and behold, my plan started to fall apart. Long story short, that church wouldn't hire me full time. And I started to believe hurtful things people said about me. And I started to doubt whether or not I was good enough or whether I was meant to be a worship leader. I was devastated, discouraged, disappointed, but I prayed. I surrendered to God. I said, God, I know you have a plan and it might not be my plan, but God, would you just reveal your plan and would it work out in my life? Would your plan come in my life and just take over? And uh, it, it did. Of course, on this Mother's Day, uh, God's plan was revealed to me through an email from my mother, uh, which you will see on the screens right now, uh, proof. Uh, it was a link to an application here at Fern Creek Christian Church, and I said, oh, no, please not Louisville. I don't want to go and, and move all my stuff from Lexington to Louisville. That's a lot of work. Oh, my gosh, look at that application. It's so long, and I, I don't want to fill that out. God, I don't want to move. I'm comfortable here. I started to fight back, but this was God's plan for me. And now I'm here. I get to speak to you guys. Well, I get to speak to this camera and you guys. Uh, but God's plan truly was the best way. This job, working with these people, being in this church family is better than anything I could ever have imagined or planned for myself. And that is just the truth. You'll have to take my word for that. Because working here is just awesome. And I'm so grateful that God's plan worked and that my plan didn't. I want to introduce to you a, a friend of mine, a really, really dear friend of mine. Her name is Liz Barber. And she was a mentor figure for me uh, as I started leading worship. And she always encouraged me. And her greatest piece of advice, I'll never forget, we were sitting on the stage about to lead worship, and I was telling her about my plan, and she said, Matthew, be sure not to run ahead of God, but to walk with God through this season. And so really, it's because of friends like her that, that I'm here today. And I want to introduce to you uh, a song that she wrote, and this is Liz singing it. It's a song called Hide in You, talking about uh, the life that is hidden with Christ in God. The, the lyrics say, uh, be strong, take heart, wait for the Lord. I will see his goodness in the land of the living. So be encouraged as we listen to my friend Liz and her song, Hide in You.
Isn't that an amazing song? Liz, Liz is such a dear friend. And take it from her. Uh, if things aren't going your way in life, make room for God. Make, make room for j- just a little bit of Jesus in your life. That's a, that's a Rich Teske inside joke. I know he's laughing watching this. But make room for Jesus in your heart. Make room for his spirit to work in you and through you as he reveals his amazing plans and his amazing purpose for you. Be strong, take heart, wait for the Lord. Never doubt his goodness and never doubt his sovereignty over all things, not just over your life, but over all things. God is sovereign and he's working. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your spirit and the amazing gifts that you give us, the assurance of your promises. Lord, may we never doubt that you are working in our life. Even when things don't go according to our plan, may they always go according to your plan. Help us surrender over to you because we trust that you are good and that you have good things planned for us. May we resemble Jesus who surrendered to you in that infamous garden of Gethsemane as he prayed, Lord, your will be done in our lives. It is in the powerful name of Jesus, the the spirit of whom is alive in us, that we pray. Amen. When I was a kid, I remember uh, every Sunday, I would sit between my parents, and at the time of communion, uh, I always wondered, what is, what is that all about? I noticed people would bow their heads, and of course, I was a young child. I didn't know why they were doing it. All I know is, all I knew was, how come I don't get to have the, the cookies and juice like everybody else does? I remember that really sweet aroma of the uh, Welch's grape juice as it passed between my parents right under my nose, and I couldn't participate. So since that time, of course, I've come to understand a lot more about communion. Uh, For one thing, I remember hearing a really interesting explanation uh, that it's like um, renewing your vows. It's like covenant renewal. That, That decision you made, that commitment you made initially, and every week, every Sunday, you get to renew those vows with the Lord. Someone said, baptism is like the front door and the Lord's Supper is the dining room where we renew our vows of faithfulness to Christ and to his word. So there are some things that we can do at communion, and it has to do with uh, looking in different directions. The first direction we should look is up. We look up at God and consider who he is and how generous he is and how loving he is, how he is the unchanging, merciful, and gracious God who is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He is the God who has loved even you and me. As it says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his love, his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. In addition to looking up, we also should look in. And what I mean by that is, um, there's a warning in 1 Corinthians 11 that says that a person should examine himself when he uh, eats the bread and drinks the cup, not to uh, uh, 
eat unworthily, as it, because it is stated. There's also an opportunity here that as we examine ourselves, we should also be open to searching our hearts to see if we have sin that we need to confess to the Lord. Sins both of things that we have committed and things that we have omitted, that we haven't, things that we haven't done, that we should have done. One of the great promises of scripture is 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we should be sure that we examine ourselves and that we take advantage of that promise. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. It's, time to, it's a time to consider your own heart before the Lord. In addition to looking up and looking in, we can also look back. We look back to that time when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper and he met with his disciples and he said, this is my blood, this is my body. And he said specifically, this is the blood of the covenant. It's a vivid image. It shows that Jesus is saying that through his death, we will receive the benefits of the new covenant. Jeremiah 31 speaks of this new covenant centuries before Jesus' arrival. It talks about the days that are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And he talks about that the covenant will be different by saying, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. This promised new covenant is here, and that is the covenant that we renew every Sunday when we partake of the Lord's Supper. It's covenant renewal. We recognize that the blood of the Lamb is sufficient to save sinners like you and me. And the cup looks at the cross. As we partake of this blessing, we also can look around. Look around. We look around at our brothers and sisters because we are one body, and when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are celebrating that which unites us, the Lord who unites us, and the fact of his death, burial, and resurrection. Those facts are central. There can be no authentic Christianity without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we celebrate that in communion, and we also acknowledge that bond of unity that we have through Jesus. In addition to looking up and looking in, looking back and looking around. We should also look ahead. He said that he would not um, drink this cup again until he does so in the coming kingdom with his people. That looks forward to the great uh, wedding banquet, the great marriage supper of the Lamb when the entire church is gathered together to celebrate the saving work of Christ. So as you take the Lord's Supper today, Look up. God is the one who has invited us to the feast. Look in. Self-examination. Confession of sin. Look back at the cross, the new covenant that he instituted for us. Look around. Think about your fellow brothers and sisters who are united with you in Jesus. And lastly, look ahead at the marriage feast 
when we will be reminded again that forgiveness and fellowship are at the heart of our lives together as Christians.
So it has been awesome having you guys with us today. And I just wanted to take the opportunity. First, first things first. Happy Mother's Day, Shirley Cooper. You are the best mama in the world. I hope you feel special today. So secondly, um, we have over the last three weeks been collecting food. You guys have brought in an amazing amount of food uh, so that we could put together these food boxes that you see here. Now, we have had to put together over 100 of these because we had originally planned to put together 100 and had this amazing response. So we were like, uh-oh, all right, and these boxes are going out and have gone out over the last week, and they'll be going out the, today and tomorrow, the rest of them. But here's the deal. We understand that some of you who come to church here at Fern Creek uh, may be in need. If you are, please don't hesitate to send me an email, ferncreekoutreach at gmail.com. Now, it may not be a food box. We don't know what it is. Um, you just might need somebody to talk to during this time. If so, please, 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 I can't say that enough. Uh, don't hesitate to send me an email or even call the church office. Uh, we love you, church, and we're so grateful for how you stuck with us through this insanity over the last couple weeks. Uh, but we are really excited to see what Jesus has been doing and also what he's going to do through the delivery uh, of just 100 food boxes to people here in our community. Thanks for being the church.